Hello and welcome to another edition of the Formula One Fans UK podcast, which is recording this time, right, Dan? Yeah, we're recording this time, buddy. Brilliant. Uh, we are being as well organised as possible. Um, and I am Reese, and I am joined today by, of course, Dan, along with... Jenny. And Tim. We sat down four and a half hours after the race finished to record this podcast, like we usually do. Um, and we thought quite... Co- well, we thought confidently the 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 result's not going to change and then as we've sat down to start recording we've got a wonderful notification from sky sports news saying that the result will likely change because of the aston martin appeal so i guess that brings us on to you know stewarding in formula one guys is it still you know a bit too inconsistent or was the issue today the track limit enforcement itself the issue today is the drivers and it's the drivers solely i don't I, I sympathise with the FAA for having drivers who cannot stay on track. And if Aston Martin believes that they are the only team on track, it seems that that have stayed within the white lines for the whole race, then quite rightly, they should be rewarded for that if that's what they have done. I mean, Lawrence Stroll's team, of course, launched the appeal. Lawrence Stroll being a white billionaire, there is no way he stayed within white lines his entire life. Wouldn't it be funny if um, they got a penalty as well for not uh, staying in the white lines? Um, but I'm just thinking, maybe if people were moaning as much as Lando was behind Hamilton, everyone might have got more penalties, maybe. What do you mean, like Hamilton was behind yeah, um, Norris as well, and Perez, and yeah. and Sonoda, and, and Sargent probably in De Vries, because he had a horrible race, Lewis Hamilton. His reason for not staying on the track was that he couldn't steer the car. Um, you know, but as Toto said, sometimes you've just got to shut up and drive. In that instance, Lewis, I love you, but you, you've, you've got to drive a bit slower then, haven't you? If you if you were driving at a speed where your car can't stay on the track, then you have to sacrifice that at that time. If there was a gra- uh, gravel trap on the exit of turn nine and ten every lap, and you're having to go slower, slower through those two corners because you'll end up in the gravel trap, then you're going to lose the places on the next straight because you're not going fast enough. It's not a thing to moan about that you can't keep it in the white lines. You just have to slow the car down. That's it, isn't it? I mean, and I actually made the comment during the race um, saying, you know how you could probably solve the issue with track limits? It's just if you had a thin, you know, like they used to do in China and Malaysia, having that thin strip of grass or gravel, a car's whip off of the track just to deter the guys from going wide. Because if you go wide, you're going to stick a wheel in the grass or the gravel. And if you did that, I think you would solve this whole track limits nonsense. Risk versus reward, isn't it? You know, at the moment, they have no risk, high reward. If you have high risk, you're obviously going to try and stay a bit more than what they are now. But again, it's like Tim said, if you can't drive your car to the full and stay in the white lines, then you have to slow down or design your car better, Mercedes, one or the other. Yeah, I was going to say it it added to the race. It added um, an element of unpredictability. Obviously, if you stay between the lines, you'd be rewarded. Uh, But, you know, there were several drivers who... Potentially, they're going to be moving up the uh, moving up a couple spots if um, this decision comes uh, favorable for uh, favorable for Aston Martin. So let's wait and see. Do we know what the penalty chain is beyond a five second penalty? So you have three times warning. Fourth is the five second penalty, and then when you've done it seven times in total, you go on to a ten second penalty. Yeah, so you get three more chances. It is plus so, 10 seconds, by the way. It's not a case of five and then another five. It's five and then 10. Yeah, yeah. So, But you get three more chances before you get that 10 second applied. That's, so it's yeah. effectively 15 seconds max. And then you the, get a 10. The race it might go up again. I don't know. Because I, I, if you've done that for seven laps, it means that you've won in every 10 laps in the race at Austria. You've gone off the track. Well, it's not even seven laps, mate. It's It's seven corners. Yeah, that's... I think there could be some drivers getting higher penalties if we face it off. Of, obviously, it affected qualifying as well. Um, Perez paid the price most notably for it. I'd say so. Also, of course, Hamilton in the uh, sprint shootout, he, he felt the repercussions of it. What I would say, though, is, um, of course, there's all this that could change. Um, I wonder, just imagine if it had the repercussions of, of um, Max Verstappen losing his win because he picked up so many time penalties. 
through uh, track limits that weren't applied. I mean, I hardly doubt it would happen because he looked like the one guy who was able to keep it on track all day, apart from, you know, Fernando Alonso and Lance Stroll. But I guess you drive more cautiously when you're 30 seconds ahead of everyone else. I guess you don't really have to worry about pushing. Mm. Just, just worry about the fastest lap. Yeah, I think we can safely say that Max would have won the race because absolutely, even even regardless of what penalty he might be given, if he has gone off the track multiple times, I mean Perez is likely to get more penalties as well. And then it was another mile. It's Leclerc two, in between, so. though. Oh, Leclerc's got, yeah. Tell you who could benefit from this though, my boy Signs, because Perez was borderline getting a penalty. But what if Signs gets more? Well, I don't know. So if Signs gets another. Yeah, if Sainz had three, three more deleted, then of course he'll get a 10 second. But if he didn't, I'm trying to think if he did finish or didn't finish close enough within the standings that we're all going to change. Personally, side note, I thought he was shafted by Ferrari in that first stint. He was fucking spit roasted so by Team Radio and Leclerc being the number one. It Every, was everyone bullshit. was going, oh, science has the DRS, so that's uh, why he's staying behind Leclerc. It was the middle sector where he was so much quicker and raining all the time. Absolutely, oh, mate, absolute joke. And they've done this two races in a row where science has been the faster driver, but because they can't help, you know, Leclerc's feelings because he's, uh, he's so depressed and he always can't catch, you know, he can't catch a break in the car. And it doesn't apply to basically French. It's just, oh, it's so annoying, man. I am so annoyed by it. That was that was Carlos's second place that the team robbed him of. And then they fucked his double stack, the double stack as well. Yeah, both both of them were four and a half seconds, weren't they? Even the clerk's one was four and a half. So science was four and a half plus waiting to get into the box. It was absolutely. And the thing is, the virtual safety car came out, and they could have boxed signs on the first lap and Leclerc on the second one. But they didn't have the awareness to do it. Oh, it, it would have been very borderline for science to make it into the pit lane. They were literally on the final corner, I think, no, as the yeah. VFC came out. Tight. You it can was very, tight. very tight. You can drive inside that white line and then bail out a lot later, though. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But I don't think the actual VFC line wasn't yeah. wasn't open yet. So I would, I I would say they probably gone past it, yeah. I think they gone past it. I think when they played, the, when they played it up on, like, that shot of them going past, they, they'd they already passed the, yeah. uh, the pit they'd already, they, they It was too late, unfortunately. But they could have... Science said it himself. I was faster than Leclerc, so why didn't you pit Leclerc and let me stay out? Yeah, well, that would involve Ferrari, you know, getting strategy right two races in a row. <laughs> uh, we gave them one week off, and now we're back to slating there. The thing is, though, as a strategy department team, you have one job. <laughs> Yeah, to plan for all eventualities. Hey, yeah, hey, right. It doesn't say good strategy department; just says strategy department. There's, they they don't specify if it's going to be good or not. Ferrari strategy department. I think they definitely threw away a a double podium today with, yeah, with well, that strategy. Hundred percent, yeah. It, it, Ferrari strategies. Some days maybe good, sometimes maybe shit. Uh, they're 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 just there's more shit days than there's sometimes good, isn't there? At the moment, it's bad. Don't. Well, uh, as we started talking about penalties, we might as well talk about the penalties that we know of at the moment. And uh, guys, forgive me if I have missed any here, but we'll run through them all um, together. We'll start with the first. Um, well, we'll start off with the one standalone penalty from the race, which was Ocon's unsafe release. That was slam dunk, and Completely. it really. Yeah. Really messed up Logan Sargent's race because he was actually, I thought that was probably Logan Sargent's best race. Other than yep. maybe Bahrain at the start of the season. He had a very, he finished 12th, didn't he? And he mm. got a couple of moves done in that race. But yeah, I would agree with that. I think because when he came into Bahrain, it was like, yeah, this is the, like the adversity sort of thing um, that was not there at that point. Now, of course, he's had a tough season to come you know, where everyone's saying, oh, you're really struggling to press with your teammate. You haven't got the upgrades on the car. He's coming and put the performance in he did, I thought was really good. And the fact he got a time penalty at the very end, ah, oh, that sucked. It will be interesting to see him at Silverstone with all of the upgrades that Alex has and to see where they where he shakes out in comparison to Alex. Because he has some of them this week, didn't he? But not all of them. Yeah, exactly. Um, but the Ocon penalty, guys, you felt, I'm guessing you all agree, feeling that was fair. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. 
the only issue with the Ocon penalty was that David Croft um, rightly so assumed it was a five second time penalty for um, for track limits, which you could easily forgive him for in a race like this. They were just being handed out like crazy. Well, Danny, apparently are not enough for Aston Martin. Apparently they, have they you, just have wanted you got the some list more. Of, have you got the rest of the list there, Reese, about who actually you'd get? Up? I I do have the rest of the list. Because I lost track. <laughs> so well, I try to keep track, um, but if I just just say before that we'll go just touch on another penalty the other stand alone penalty which was Sonoda with his improper serving of a penalty now something about Italian teams in Formula One uh, you have Ferrari's you know Ferrari strategy and then you have you know the stopwatch at Alpha Tauri um, which once again sometimes maybe good sometimes maybe shit and this time you know they couldn't count to five that's no, I mean that's that's the most embarrassing well no everyone else managed it but you know Alpha Tauri failed to count to five I couldn't believe it. I mean, how do you have that penalty? How? How? Someone had it earlier in the season. Was it? Aston? Yeah, I know. But it was Aston. It was Aston Martin, but they appealed it successfully because they said, "Yeah, we touched the car." But we no, no. There was the another. Per- there was another person who didn't serve the five seconds earlier in the season. I want oh, to say. I want to say it was De Vries. Oh yeah, it was Ocon. It was Ocon in the first race, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, but didn't he not serve it twice, or was it just the once? No, he, he said- served it twice. He's incorrectly served it once, and then, yeah, and then he got caught speeding in the pit lane. Yeah, that was it, yeah, when he came in to serve it the second time. Uh, I say that. And another standalone penalty that we should probably talk about. Uh, of course, you mentioned Nick DeVries at Job Memory. Uh, running Magnussen off the track. Um, now, when you're a Dutch driver racing for a Red Bull team, I know you think you might be able to get away with that. But um, no, Nick, the rules are different here. You can't do what you did to K-Mag like you did today. That was ridiculous. And he did it last time out and got away with it. So I'm glad he got punished today. Yeah, but that's that's the problem. They do it. They don't get punished. So they do it again. That's the whole reason Max was allowed to drive like a for like four years. <laughs> because he Dad, didn't we're get still gonna ha- We're it. still going to have to beep that. No, I, no, I didn't say the word. <laughs> no. Didn't no, say I, the word. Oh, yeah, but you spelt it out. Well done. So no longer kids don't hear the word, but they have to spell it. Well, maybe they do. Maybe they don't. It's... Kids spelling, you know, sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe shit. It's, um... uh, uh, all right. Mostly so shit. shit. So shit's OK, but OK, yeah, mate. Yeah, by the laws okay. of the internet, what, yes, it is. Yeah, by the laws <laughs> of the internet, shit is OK, but you can't call someone a C-bomb or spell out C-bomb. Yeah. Um, um, anyway, I, don't um, you... we, we, I do agree with. <laughs> that De Vries just a mess I don't, I don't know why they haven't suited did you see that um Helmut Marco turned up in a race suit this weekend on Sunday morning he, he could have ended up driving Farija with his teams couldn't he because he could have kicked Perez out of the car for being 15th <laughs> or he could have picked De Vries out of the car for being De Vries Perez though mate what a recovery drive if he keeps that um position I don't think so I think that's what he should have been doing for the last two months uh, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, he should have been too for lost. You right don't actually. give him credit for driving the cars or what the car should be. And if we know if, if that had been Max starting fifteenth today, he would have won the race probably by the same distance that he did, given the two safety cars. Perez was benefited by two safety cars. He massively benefited from the second VFP. I just, mm. just yeah, no, no. Yeah, Reese. Well, how, yeah, oh, how, how, how fuck dare me you? for fuck me for trying to find some positives for Red Bull fans after we yeah. called Max to see you. Yeah, next to right, right. Hold on. In my defence, calling him that is not a new thing. I've been doing that since day one. Like it's not. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That, that's, that now. He's grandfathered in. That's like that's like the Moore's murderers going. Yeah, well, killing kids. I know you heard about this one, but we've been doing it for a while, so it should be okay. <laughs> I think the thing we should take away from this the most is that I'm right. And, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I was I was questioned on this earlier, and I think we did, we need to talk about Max Verstappen. Right. Because today his drive was once again phenomenal. And I was asked, what's my actual problem with Max Verstappen? And I was like, you know what? If you set aside that the stewards let him walk all over them a couple of seasons ago with the battles of Hamilton, what has he actually done wrong? Because I think the major issues people have with him is that he is a cost cap champion, which wasn't his fault. He just drove the car. It was his team that overspent by six million, claiming it's on catering in the first year of a new, you know, development period. Hang on, six million? Didn't it turn out to be like 400,000? No, that was Aston Martin. Oh, was it? Okay. 
yeah, six million, six point three million, I think it was what um was the exact number. And you know, he just drove the car. He probably he didn't know that Christian Horner's telling them to gold plate the cutlery. It's a case of he just drove the car, and you know, sure he won the championship. Well, it's not his fault. Latifi is shit. He just drove the car, did his job, and the fact that he's had all the success on the back of you know the cost cap infringement and the fact that you know of course in formula one if you keep the formula the same you have a knock-on effect each season of how your car's developed that's not his fault so you can say oh yeah i don't like him because he drives a rebel well you don't like rebel you don't not like Verstappen. and yeah them him winning annoys you because you don't like them winning the other one was you don't like him because his father and his father tries to live for him now yes his wife his father is a wife beating piece of shit but once again it's not Verstappen's fault Maybe we're all being a bit harsh on Max Verstappen. Uh, no. No. <laughs> Should we I go back to Uh Right. So I, Max starts, fans, I tried, okay? I tried. It starts off with the fact that he's an obnoxious piece of shit and his attitude stinks. He drives or drives dangerously. You can't drive dangerously when there's no one within fucking a minute of you. So there's that. Uh, a foot and, of you. And the fact that he was willing to accept the championship title after all the co- after all the controversy and knowing he was a worthy champion that year you cannot yeah, blame yeah. him for accepting yeah. a world championship but he won within the races that were given in that season he <laughs> won more races just... than hamilton that year i yeah, mean yeah and that's without the baku tire failure with two laps to go the collision at silverstone that hamilton could have been much harshly pe- like penalized for where he still won the race. Yeah, I, I don't think you can blame him for accepting a championship that he won on a points per race value that he got. Like, like. I, I'm going to say, yeah, I get what you're saying about his comments and stuff and how he's entitled, you know, it's overly entitled. I didn't like how he spoke about the Perez thing in the sprint race. Um, I thought that, yeah, they were fighting each other just as hard as each other. Um, you know, Max tried to run Perez into the wall you know, not to try to run him into the wall, but, you know, try to squeeze him against the wall and then run him off the track at turn three. Perez run him off the grass, onto the grass at turn two. It was, you know... Pretty much the same. Apple, apples for apples. <coughs> um, and I'm just going to say, Perez, I'm going to give him a lot of credit for how he handled wheel-to-wheel action this weekend. He said that the Max thing, yeah, maybe we were both over the limit. Fair play. And then the Carlos thing, he said, yeah, that was hard, but fair. And I really liked that from Perez this weekend. I thought this is, you know... He said he's been struggling. He's not been in good form and he wants to bounce back. I hope he does bounce back. I know Verstappen's won the title, but hopefully now we might see some races at the front. Possibly. But yeah. I, I, the thing is, I had this a similar discussion with somebody the other day, someone the other day. I just think he just gets, like, I hate to say this, but I think he gets the best out of the car, whether it be that it's designed around him more than it is Perez. Check, but, yeah. you know, Checo has proved a few times in the past, even when they start one, two, he still can't keep up with Max. It all lasts four to five, maximum eight laps, and then he's gone. I'm sorry, mate, you say that. Uh, Baku might be the exception to the rule, but he did in Baku, you know, go for toe for toe and win that first race. And then there have been other races, you know, Saudi Arabia, the safe, you know, Max got close, but when Max got close, Checo turned it on and every lap, you know, was answering back but you're forgetting that Checo is king of the streets so wasn't in monaco yeah but that's because he binned it in q1 was it in miami <laughs> miami's not a street circuit miami is a street circuit it just exists so miami's as much a street circuit as saudi arabia mate the, the roads don't except for the only difference is that some of the roads they race on in miami existed before the tracks existed miami's more of a hybrid i would say because the first sector doesn't feel very street track like but anyway getting back to it i have a list Track limits penalties that I could keep up with. Hamilton, Signs, Albon, Sonoda, Sonoda again, Sargent, Magnussen, not to mention black and white flags for Perez and hilariously Hulkenberg. Um, although, Tim, you can explain the Hulkenberg one for us. Yeah, so the Hulkenberg, um, he got his last warning before the black and white flag when the car started breaking down at turn one. And then when he rolled off the track at turn three, he got given the black and white flag for rolling to the uh, 
zone where he could take had his car taken off the track and it was then awarded as they were rolling the car through the barriers um i know the faa are trying to be consistent on this but you've got to give a guy a break sometimes and it, it sort of brings back to what we were talking about earlier and the truth is we were saying oh yeah if you had a bit of gravel there you know to lose you're gonna to have to slow down if you can't slow the car down well the truth is as fans we would all much rather there be a bit of grass there and the guy has a risk of spinning out or has to try slower for the corner than the guy drives too fast from the corner and then we're trying to figure out five hours later what the race result is because even the FIA don't know what the race result is because there's that many time penalties. Um, the argument that the circuit gives back on this one for Austria is that they host motorbike races within the weeks around the F1 race and the motorbikes can't have, the motorbikes need the tarmac runoff at some of those heavier braking zones. For their safety they say we say that the heavier braking zone that i'm you know more concerned about is that whole turn five and turn not turn five sorry it's that turns uh nine and ten is it those last two corners I, yeah. might, there's got to be a compromise you can make somewhere there's got to be something we can do that's better than this track limits bullshit isn't it there a like a uh, what do you call it a temporary solution that could go in like maybe uh Sleeping policeman. Like, yeah, so, something like that, maybe. That could be bolted in and then uh, um, like unbolted. I hate a sleeping policeman, but at the same time, if it stopped the guys, drivers running wide, and if they, as soon as they were going too wide, they hit sleeping policeman, I would be more than for that. But didn't they have that Austria a few years ago and then all the cars got damaged? <laughs> no, they had it at Monza on the exit of Parabola. That, that was when Alex Pizzoni got flown into the crowd wasn't it into the, yeah at parabolica which was a scary accident so yeah but there's yeah. a difference between that was placed in the wrong position that was placed in and the you place had the one at silverstone gonna... last year in the formula two that launched uh who's the williams driver that nisani nisani launched nisani yeah the i'm fight. sorry but that's that's Short not the... that was not for that wasn't schwartz's fault and that wasn't the curse fault. that's because nisani is an absolute waste of a seat in formula two <laughs> Oh, God. If you, believe, if you believe the rumour the other week, he was coming to Williams next season. <laughs> I know Sargent struggled, but you've got to give Sargent two years. Yeah. Williams will have apparently been offered a substantial amount of money. Doralton Capital will offered three times what they paid originally, and uh, they've said no. The sum was over, yeah, uh, it's an insane amount of money. If you, It was... Was it over a billion they were offered? It was, it was someone. Yeah, they, it was, they came out. It happened about April, um, start of April. Apparently, no, they were offered no over way. a billion for them for William. And yeah. well, if you if you it was a billion euros, I think. Or the yeah, equivalent okay. of a billion euros. So it's about eight hundred and sixty seventy million pounds. And what did they buy it for? One hundred and twenty-five million. Two hundred and something, wasn't it? Two forty, two fifty. And uh, Danny, for your information, depending on how far along into the Biden administration they are, um, a, a billion euro, a billion euros is anywhere between, you know, sort of one point five billion dollars and a uh, hundred billion dollars. <laughs> Isn't that just into the collapse of Europe of a currency? Well, it's more more how long you know Biden is in charge of that economy. But anyway, Danny, happy Fourth of July weekend. We hope you're enjoying your barbecues while you can still pour charcoal. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. Really hot already. It's got to be uh, over 90 degrees. Maybe uh, for you guys, uh, 36 Celsius outside, maybe? 35, 36? Sounds toasty. Yeah. Yeah, but it's, it's it's different, is it? It's it's the humidity. It's a different kind of heat. Like yeah. yeah. Oh, mate, you don't know heat. You, Danny, you don't know heat until you've done a, a, a plus 35 degree day in the UK. All right, that's all we're going to say. You, we have heat that's different to everywhere else. <laughs> yeah, it's, you start sweating the so minute you're outside. We were talking about all the penalties. Sonoda, have you ever seen... Well, no, I mean, we have seen some pretty bad weekends, but I think that's probably one of the worst weekends I've seen from a driver. And it just so happens that he's had two shit weekends in the race, in the uh, the races where I gave him a two-week contract in fantasy. So, you know... <laughs> Can we... Uh, when is Sonoda? Wow, Sonoda finished behind a race. That's how bad his weekend was. 18th, right? 18th. Yeah, I I hadn't registered that, and he had four pit stops. Oh, because of the two penalties. So yeah, I mean yeah, three altogether. No, it was just he had four pit stops. I think because he had damage, he on lap one. Oh, of course he he did. Yeah, had yeah, and then he had the fighting time penalty where he served the penalty, 
then he had the 10 second penalty for serving the penalty incorrectly and then he got another 10 second penalty towards the end um finished behind De Vries so he was so far behind the F1 field he actually finished in Formula E <laughs> I love how we just never Formula E jab it has no future get rid of it um <laughs> who's leading it right now I don't care I don't even know who's in it <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, the last time I knew who someone was in or out of Formula E was, I think, when um, Felipe Massa was still in it, and that, that's. Oh no! I, really I know, I know, I know I was, that G, I know that Giovinazzi went there, but even he upgraded to becoming a fucking uh, Le Mans champion. Hey, <laughs> good friend. Shit! I think the last time I looked into Formula E was when Toto Wolff's missus was involved in it. Well, uh, I think Sam Bird's in it, but that's yeah. Oh, oh, of course. No, you've got... Um, oh, who's the angry one, Tim? Who always whinges? Oh, um, yeah. The one who got kicked out of the Red Bull Academy. Larson? No. Oh, um, Tictum Tantrum. Dick, oh, yeah, Dick, 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 yeah. Dick Tantrum. <laughs> Dick Tantrum. Oh, was it not the Twitch guy? Uh, Dan Tictum. Yeah, he's the one who got yeah. kicked out of the um, Red Bull Academy for being racist? No, that was Yuri Vips. Oh, it was Yuri Vips, yeah. What was Tictum's then? Tictum got he... kicked out for coming on Twitch. Tickton got kicked out because he kept um, bitching and whining and, and he whined so much that even Red Bull said, no, you're whining too much. He was a fast driver, though. It's a shame. It's a waste he, of the talent. <laughs> he, was a fa- he was a fast driver when he could man- and he was he's quick in Formula E when he knows how to like manage the battery of his car. He, he, he lost places on the finish line because he ran out of energy. I'm sorry, it's not anyone else's fault but his own. I'm sorry about that. Um, but yeah. I didn't know that. Anyway, yeah. that's, that's <laughs> our... That's our yearly Formula E quota used up, talking about actual Wait. Formula E and not insulting. I have, I have a question. Do they still change cars or do the cars race the whole But they now have now? cars which race the whole distance. Oh, OK. okay. Yeah. No, you know, I'm they, not they, that bothered, but I just wanted they, to know. They finally caught up with Elon Musk <laughs> in that sense. They, 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 finally, they finally caught up with like Le Mans 24s from like 19... No, I'm sorry. <laughs> they finally caught up with a Toyota Prius. <laughs> Does that have a range of 200 miles? Oh no, they probably don't even run that far in Formula E. Yeah, it's, it's shorter, isn't it? In E-Pricks. Uh, either way, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, back to Formula One. Um, I think there's not much more to say on penalties, really, is there? It's just drivers learn to drive in the white lines, and if your car won't turn into the white lines, then slow your car down. I think next year they should do, you get two warnings, and if you do it a second time, you get a five-second penalty, and that will stop them all doing it. Well, it depends, because, I mean, Lando got um, one added to his allocation of, you know, track limits warnings when he ran wide and clearly didn't gain an advantage. So there is some, you know, it needs to be worked on. Or, or you know, just um, stop racing on motorcycle tracks. Um, I, I like the A1 ring as much as Dan says it's about... Um, Oh, corner, straight, corner, corner, as he, uh, as you will find out one day in a podcast that's coming up where we will be talking about how we're going to fix Formula One. Uh, talking about the F1 calendar. Will Austria make it onto the new calendar that we devise? You'll have to listen to that podcast to find out. And uh, whilst we're advertising things, we might as well bring up show sponsor, Apex Tracks. Uh, for all your 3D printed track wall art needs, head to apextracks.com. That's A-P-E-X-T-R-A-X-S.com. Well done, Reese. Again, you managed to get it right. I'm impressed. That's like a good free, uh, that is a good three or four in a row now where you've not had to had to re, 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 redo it. See, Ferrari, you can do something right more than three or four times in a row. You can do it more than <laughs> once in a row. <laughs> <laughs> or in your case, Ferrari, you need to be able to do it more than zero times in a row. Uh, they got it right in Canada. They're good till the summer break. How many races? It's sparse before the summer break this year, isn't it? Danny mentioned the summer break there. I I'm sure they bought one of the is. races that used to be asked. No, Zandvoort got ready forward, did it not? Or maybe it's not. I, I think it's Zandvoort. Open Formula One. It's going to happen. We're going to have to open up the freaking calendar in the middle of a podcast again. That's all right. I'm doing it. Sunday. Sorry. No, Belgian GP is the last race before the summer. Yeah. Uh, so Zandvoort. they moved that forward to the. Yeah, it starts the at Zandvoort. Yeah. Which, um, should we mention events at Spa? It, yes, mm. we should. Um, sad events, um, another life taken too soon, and of course question marks will um, will be raised once again over uh, safety at Spa. Um, Tim, 
do you want to add some more to this yeah, place? So um, on Saturday morning before the World Endurance Championship race at Spa uh, for the 24 hours of Spa, uh, Delano Van Toff, who again, it's another Alpine young driver. So that's the second Alpine young driver that they've lost at Spa in recent years. It was not far from when we lost Hubert a few years ago. He was driving in a Formula Regional race. I think it was the form- equivalent of a Formula Europe um, but he was a Formula 4 Spanish champion a couple of years ago, and he was very highly rated by a lot of members of the grid. Um, and unfortunately, he was involved in an accident in the rain. Now, I have seen the footage. It's not the nicest to watch. Um, I wouldn't recommend you go out there and look for it. But again, it's an, it's another death of Spa. It's, it's, it, it was further down the Camel Strait than the Antoine Hubert crash. And it was very different circumstances with the way the cars came back across the track. But... It does, again, it's, it's two lo- young lives, young, talented drivers who have been lost at Spa in recent years. Yeah, of course, Lance Stroll spoke about this on Saturday in his um, his press conference uh, in the media pen after. And, uh, of course, I mean, words that, you know, I think we can all understand it where, first he said, it breaks, it breaks my heart um, what happened. And I, I don't think there's a motorsport fan out there who doesn't feel. Yeah, you know, the there was same um, way. a bit of a statement from Max this morning in some of the, like, the pen interviews when he was coming into the track as well about it, saying how sad the sport was. Obviously, racing's a family like no other. When you're when you're part of the racing family, whether you're a fan, whether you're a driver, whether you're a team member, they, they look out for each other, and it does affect them, especially if you're involved in racing when you pass away through an accident or through an incident on track. So it's a real, real sad moment for everyone involved. And goodness knows what the heads of that Alpine Driver Academy must be feeling to have it happen them twice at the same circuit in a couple of years. I just want to just finish that Lance Stroll quote. Um, I rode at Spa needs some looking into. Every time we go through, there's an accident waiting to happen. But today it happened again. We lost a young kid. Do you feel as classic as as it is uh, that I Rouge and the Spa layout does need to change? I think, like like Tim said, this is the second it's the second incident incident we've had in as many years. Uh, well, it's about four at, years ago, wasn't it? I think. Yeah, in, uh, but like twenty nineteen. But like, at what point does nostalgia trump safety? You can't help but look at it and it be amazing. But we're looking at cars that are faster, heavier. If something needs to be done, it needs to be done. So I, I will say in the cir- I will say in the circuits defence here, where Schubert was passed away, where he was thrown back across the track, they have actually redesigned the whole section of wall, the runoff area, and that section of runoff and that wall was not involved in this accident. The accident was much further up the Kemmel Strait. It was beyond Radion on the top of the hill. It was much further onto the actual straight section on the run up to the com, as you know, the spa layout. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, in those, but in those, but in those conditions, I would be questioning why you've started the race. I think it was stopped once, and they then restarted it in that those conditions. And if you see the footage, even from a camera at the side of the track, like a like a phone camera, you, you cannot see through the spray. And there was once he was off the circuit and coming back across there was no way of avoiding him if you're the other driver because remember it's not just the driver who passes away in these incidents it's the drivers who hit him or the drivers who make contact or the drivers who avoid him have to live with what's happened as well and they have to go forward and try and in most cases they'll go in and try and have a racing career which you can't you can't have that in those situations so I think actually as well as the track layout and what can be done at Spa the stewarding and the conditions that we race in at places like Spa, where we know there's high-speed corners and straights, needs to be reviewed as well. Yeah, I think in Formula One, we we often overlook how you know dangerous, and of course IndyCar as well. These top, you know, the top levels of motorsport, we overlook how dangerous motorsport can be sometimes because we are used to the, the highest level of safety, but as good as you try and make the safety in these in these lower series, it just never will seem to be at the same level. Um, you, you would need to have the money at 
in all the other yeah. theories, wouldn't you, to make it as logic dictates? But the logic is, is that the slower speeds would protect you in a lower series, but it doesn't work that way. The, the, the speed of a lower series, if you're in an F2 car, for example, coming along that camel straight in the dry, you're still going 180, 185, maybe 190. And the difference between that and 200 when it's a life threatening situation isn't much. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it says, I mean, for example, we, we talk about like, yeah, when a driver blinks um, flat out in a Formula One car, they, they miss 20 metres of track. A lot can happen in 20 metres. And like Tim says, the difference between the 10 mile, difference of 10 miles an hour, you know, 200 or 190, it, it's nothing. You can't do anything to act about it. And uh, it's happening so soon before another major event there in Formula One. Do, do we see a full calendar or a full support series um, cast for the for the races in Belgium? Or do you feel that some may not race there due to any safety concerns? I don't think we have enough time to change it. I think I don't think there's going to be any changes by the track and I don't think there's going to be any, any changes to the schedule. I think everyone's just going to have to be more cautious. But like Tim said, it was further up and they shouldn't have been racing in the first place in that weather. If like if you can't see, like you can't stop, you can't turn, you can't like he, he was literally just a target. So I think it obviously you know it needs to come down to that thing of like is it safe to race? By the footage that we all that we that we've all seen, it it just it clearly wasn't. I, I think we always always want to go racing, but you know sometimes. <laughs> as much as it can frustrate people you need to make decisions like formula one did um of course they ended it poorly with the two laps behind the safety car to force a race result um but where you go we're not going to go racing um and sometimes you just got to accept that that's the right decision also i was thinking about lower series not even racing at spa anymore um go there's several other tracks that uh that are available um take some of these dangerous ones out would be possible that's two because that's two crashes in that four years that were not F1 crashes. We saw F1 last year was uh, uh, two years ago when they pretty much just ran behind the safety car because of almost similar conditions. I think it'd be best not to have feeder series there anymore and just stay with F1. I know that's not helpful for the track because it needs to make its money and yeah, you know, it needs other series to come through it. But WEC sports cars, those guys. Yeah, uh, the the truth is, of course, you as a young driver, you gain so much from being as a at a support race because you can learn so much from the other series that are taking place, and you can network and you can boost your career by being there. But yeah, what what can you do when it's maybe we just say you know conditions? Maybe you can't. Maybe the stewards might thought, yeah, you can race a wet car in these conditions, but you can't race an F4 car in these conditions or a Formula Regional car in these conditions, and and maybe. I don't know how these events are run, if it's the same team of stewards or the same race director there across a whole weekend managing each series. But maybe if not, each series needs its own race director who understands the series better to to make these judgment calls. Danny, did uh, well, between the two of you, I think you have raised the point of you might not have to get rid of all feeder series. At, at Spa, for example, if we're taking Spa as the example in this instance, because I feel like there is an element of safety in the sports car racing side of it. So, for example, you had the Porsche Super Cup at um, Austria today, and usually it's a bit crashy, but it generally seems to be safer in those situations than an open wheel or an open cockpit race car. Yeah. So you, you might not have to get rid of completely the full supporting series of street teams there or you just say if there's any level of water or wetness on track that's going to cause any kind of spray you don't race the lower series at all and well, no, go you there with that risk you do need to race in the rain because you need to learn to race in the rain but I'm, I'm talking it. about spa specifically spa specifically maybe we have to just you know lower the threshold of what rain is raceable yeah yeah, I think we'll just we'll wrap up this little little bit here. Just um, you know, just to you know, give a lot of credit to the um, the team at MP Motorsport, um, who with everything going on, I thought 
put a phenomenal performance in between the uh, between them as a team. You know, to to go through something like this and and continue, although of course you're in a different circuit uh, in Formula Two, it, it's not easy. Like I say, like we were saying, motorsports are family. Um, so to go out there today and in the feature race at in Austria to get a P2 with Dennis Halger, I thought was you know, was it Dennis Halger? Was it P2 they got with Dennis Halger? Just hang on, in let me Formula just... Three, wasn't it? Formula, Not Formula, Form, two. Formula Two or Formula Three? Uh, in in one two. Uh, I, I'm, oh, no, I'm sorry, it wasn't. In, it was in the sprint race they got a P2, so yeah. it was on the same day. Same after day. After their drivers just passed away. I, I know I've made a mess of saying it, but the sentiment remains the same. You know, to to go out there and put such a strong performance in it, it really you know you, you had to take your hat off to to the team at MP Motorsport because that would have been a, a tough thing to do. So to stay professional winning and all that, if you're a driver within that academy you should be filled with confidence that you are surrounded by good people. Um, extension to that, credit to Richard Bashaw, who won the Formula 2 race this morning um, and explained at the end that he was good friends with the family of the driver who passed away. To go out there and do that when your family friend has just passed away and then to win the race, it shows the mentality and the professionalism of these drivers, even at a young age. Similar yeah. to Leclerc winning a 2019 spa after his friend Hubert died. Oh, absolutely. Right. Yeah. That was pretty mental. We'll talk about the sprint races, shall we? Or sprint day. I really liked sprint day. Um, I thought it was a lot better than Baku sprint day. Uh, the choice of the track felt better. Of course, the weather helped. But qualifying was definitely interesting. I like how sprint day qualifying, no matter what happens, it seems to be about everyone is just having to stay on track and set the right time rather than just doing one time here or one time there. That, you know, I think is a way of going forward. And maybe we want to say, hey, yeah, um, you have to do go out on this fuel load or, or this weight of fuel on this tire in sprint qualifying to, just to make it feel like feel like that. Or, you know, maybe Formula One does need to bring a, a qualifying tire in that would allow cars to stay on track and keep improving and maybe go for two runs. And, you know, that could make qualifying better. But I, I love think, sprint I day. I think someone has forgotten 2007 when they had that bullshit with all the fuel levels that you had to have before and after qualifying. Yeah, and you sorry, just ended up that. with people running around for about 10 minutes, just doing medium time laps, which of course gave us the Alonso Hamilton incident at Hungary. That's true. I think, yeah, I did overlook that. But you know, what I'm trying to say is sprint qualifying, I absolutely loved it. And the sprint race itself, I thought was fantastic entertainment. I think just make the regular sessions in F1 qualifying for the actual Grand Prix, make sessions two and three shorter. Give us that kind of excitement for a Q3 where if you make a mistake, you might not get another lap. That or, you know, you know, make the sessions shorter, but slide another session in there. Maybe go like IndyCar where you, you have that final shootout between the top six. I think that would be a really interesting one to do, especially with how the field is spread at the moment in Formula One. Imagine if you said, OK, we're going to have four qualifying sessions we're going to lose five drivers five drivers four drivers or no no say yeah lose five in each session and then the last session is like a a one a one lap shootout for pole position between the last five the top five drivers that would be phenomenal i think if you added if you you know shortened the sessions and added an extra session in for main qualifying and we should make them do it all on the purple ultra soft tire <laughs> bring back so, purple yeah so, qualifying so tires just, yeah this is so what it, i've been calling so it, it for just, ages so it just degrades so bad i think i'm looking forward to when they finally get to run a session where everyone has to go hard medium soft that i'm looking forward to yeah but that means that even on the hard the hassiest tire would fall apart after about two laps what i'd say is there's been some talk about how do you solve the track limits issue and a few drivers have come forth and said single lap shootout qualifying at the end you know everyone has one go one guy speeds up next guy goes out uh, would you know, that be just for q3 are we saying in i, I don't know i don't know maybe it worked for q3 but you know what if you did it with that that top five shootout idea that would be brilliant i think if you you said oh yeah lose five five and five and then you go to your top five shootout and then you know based on the order that you went in q the, the order you finished in q3 for your top five shootout you can choose where you go 
So say Max Verstappen went uh, and he was first and he said, oh, I want to be the uh, the second driver to set my lap time or whatever. I think that would be a way of going about it. Because, of course, if you do single lap shootout, you need to have a fair way of drawing the order. Wouldn't you just always go last, though? Not when necessarily. If tra- weather. If tracks best. Weather. Yeah, weather. Weather makes if you, if you, cause remember when we had to shoot single lap qualifying before, I know it only lasted for a year or two, but there was a couple of races where the drivers at the back of the championship order would get really good weather and the drivers at the front of the championship order would get the rain or get the lightning or get the storm come in and it reversed the entire grid. Danny, how did you feel about the sprint, about sprint Saturday? Was it something you were a fan of and are you liking a new format more than the old format for sprint races no i'm i have a hamilton's attitude towards a sprint race um where he's kind of passes them over my downside of it is just availability of the sprint times as an american and having those weird times when we have sprint shootouts uh i can't pull up i had the times here listed but uh they were all like around six seven eight nine in the morning and they're just very easy to be missed Compared to like the two o'clock times like Japan and Asia, potentially if you had sprint races out there. But no, no, just more domination by Red Bull in the sprint races as well. Just continues everywhere. Uh, it happens when they have the best car. It's hard to stop the domination when no one else is near it. Um, wasn't it like just, 21 seconds in 22 laps or something, wasn't it? You finished ahead? Was yeah, it, uh, it was something yeah. like that. 24 laps, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So, so, so like tw- 21 seconds ahead in 24 laps. Like, you, you taking the piss? Of the per- of Perez, of course Perez did have to clear Leclerc, didn't he? Yeah, but he was past Leclerc, not that long into the race. It but Leclerc's still... also slower than Signs, and you know Leclerc seemed to hold everyone up from getting you know the result they wanted this weekend. Sorry, um, but sorry, Dan, just going back. So does that mean with sprints? Are you, I know you, you say you're against, but did you do you prefer the sprint Saturday format, or do you wish that we went back to the sprint acted as like a qualifying and and you had the fp2 which was a tire test uh yeah i prefer that one I just prefer that one a little more right now that's interesting because i really like having that qualifying session on a saturday morning in, in place of fp2 well, so from that, an american time standpoint for danny it probably doesn't really work because it's probably on at four or five in the morning but that's why i asked the question but from a viewers perspective if i'm going to the racetrack on a saturday do i want to see fp2 or do i want to see a another a second qualifying session i want to see another qualifying session in yeah. another race yeah and i like the fact the drivers had to get up and just go you know i like that i would say i i didn't i haven't seen either sprint race or um sprint qualifying session live um this season i, I missed one at a football tournament i missed uh yesterday's because i was out at the zoo all day uh having fun <laughs> having fun there yes. but i got home I got home having muted my the F1, you know, the admin chat. I, I muted the F1 group chat and I muted Tim um, because if one of those, if something is going to spoil this for me, it's going to be one of those three things. We sat down and watched the watched the repeat on Sky late at night. So we watched qualifying at, at quarter past nine, watched the sprint race at, court, uh, at quarter to uh, quarter past ten. And I have to say, I agree with Danny in the sense of it was quite weird watching it at that time. And I felt so wide awake after watching it. So I can understand how being an Asian fan trying to watch the sprint race and sprint qualifying feel. So I get the time difference probably does make, you know, quite a, a difference. And if it was just a solo sprint race at qualifying time, it's easiest to keep hold track of rather than having sprint shootout and then sprint race. Maybe something could be done about tightening those times up and maybe just having an hour in between. That could maybe benefit Danny. Danny, do you think that's how yeah. it might work? If you said, all right, yeah, sprint race, same format, but there's only an hour between qualifying ending and sprint race starting, would that be more of an in- appeal to you? Yeah, most definitely. Um, so interestingly, I was actually, it was, I'll admit, it was on another podcast, but I think we should bring it up here. Um, when they first introduced the idea of sprint races, the FIA wanted to basically do it as a reverse grid, and it was the teams who voted against the reverse grid based on the facts. And Mercedes used the bullshit excuse of safety about a faster car being behind a slower car. Based on how close qualifying now is, even with the Red Bulls, how close, I know Verstappen is still getting pole position, but how close the Ferraris are getting, how close the Aston Martins are getting on certain weekends, surely there should be a call to bring bring it back as a reverse grid format 
if it's for next season. It's not going to pass. That'd be a great idea, though, but it, it's going to fall on Mercedes, you know, face. But this is where control. this is where so this is where the F1 teams probably have too much control over the format because in MotoGP, for example, this year every single race weekend has a sprint weekend. The MotoGP organisers told the um, F, the teams in the MotoGP this is what you're doing. You cannot appeal it, and every team has just got on got on with it. I wish that they had that attitude to. Um... To F1, but the F1 teams, it feels like they, they're so entitled and they bring so much money in. It's because F1 such... league F1 teams in the Concord Agreement get a stay over changes to the race weekend format. So they have to consult them. Okay, but saying that, if I was, say, Williams or a team that's, like, you know, going to finish bottom 10 anyway, that's not going to get any points, like 100%. If you turned around to me and said, unless you do this, like you're not racing, I'd be like, I'm just gonna save my car. I'm not. I'm not racing because surely with a sprint race, you're not legally obligated to race it, are you? Well, you're meant to take part either way, but you have. I mean, there have been times where you've had to withdraw from races. Logan Sargent had to withdraw from the Baku sprint because he binned it. Um, but then again, I think that that's another reason to push it close together because it adds that jeopardy in qualifying. You say, oh yeah, we're gonna see fewer cars in the sprint race. If you made the sprint points worth more and push qualifying close together and up that risk factor, I think you would see, you know, a limit. And you could say Max Verstappen or Charles Leclerc or Fernando Alonso make that little mistake in qualifying, you know, could be all the difference in the championship because he's always, oh, he's, he's pinged it. He, he, he's, he's gone into the wall. He, he's having to replace the gearbox. He might not start the sprint race come the end of the season. He might have lost 10 points in the championship battle. Just to pick up on what Dan was saying about the back markers, if you've got a Williams, a Haas, no, a Williams, an Alfa Romeo and an Alfa Tauri, let's say, of the three worst cars, all three of them have had top 10 in regular qualifying this season. I think Joe's had a 10th, Albon's been in Q3, and um, Yuki's been in Q3. If, if they get a Q3 on a race weekend where the top 10 are reversed for the sprint race, if you're qualifying ninth or tenth, they're starting on the front row. The cars behind them are going to be maybe an Alpine and a McLaren, an Alpine and an Aston Martin. So they might not get dumped within the first lap. And that's a chance for them, especially if you opened up the points a little bit more and made them worth more, to, to score real big points on a weekend. And also for their sponsors and for their people to be seen as competitive right at the front and for them to show their skills at, at the front of a grid on a race start as well. I, I, I think that a reverse grid is it's not going to be unsafe. The speed differentials are not that massive. And we've seen that with Mercedes and Red Bulls going through the field this season. That and the fact that 95% of the drivers do know how to race wheel to wheel. I'll let you I'll let you dictate. <laughs> I'll let you all do the maths and figure out who we're the one going, driver. We're not going back there. We've already dissected 2021 in this podcast. I wasn't talking about him, actually. I was talking about the other Dutch one. Oh, what De Vries? Well, he's yeah. never gonna—he's never gonna make a Q3 session, is he? Well, so. don't be silly. He's gonna—he's gonna—if <laughs> you do reverse grid, he's gonna be on pole position every race. No, no, we're a top ten reverse. <laughs> top ten reverse. It's such to be has though, wouldn't it? Because you—you you probably make it into Q3 and still, and then in two races, well, like it's currently you, you, two races out of two, you'll end up sliding out the points. Yeah, but realistically, if you were De Vries, you wouldn't be worried about sprint race qualifying QB Q3. You'd be worrying about 2024 and whether you're fucking driving. <laughs> yeah. We'd have to worry about the rest. I mean, this is one of those ones where a high pressure point of the season, you know, the helmet Marco has come out and said that Christian Horner was right and Christian Horner didn't want De Vries. He did. And uh, yeah, Christian was right. But France Toss didn't want De Vries and Helmut Marco also said he had his reservations. So who actually wanted De Vries? Helmut Marco wanted De Vries, but he's, he, he's one of those people who can't admit he's wrong, can he? Because <laughs> um, we all know that um, France Toss wanted Mick Schumacher and we know that Christian Horner wanted Colton Herter, but they couldn't get the super licence. That's all true. But the, the truth is that Helmut Marco will argue anything if you if he feels strongly enough about it. He could feel that he he could feel like he lost his right eye rather than his left eye, and argue that he actually still had his left eye and didn't have his right eye. You know, that's that's the sort of person he is. He could argue anything off the face of the earth. That man, um, as he has on many occasions. I have a toddler 
that is similar to Helmet. Uh, and she and she, she doesn't like to give up either. But um, I'll, I'll be honest, I think Man turning up in his race suit this weekend is he's kind of, you know, tor- tormenting free say like you know just keep slipping up i'm just gonna jump in and show you how it's done i wasn't sure if that was for devries or for perez before this weekend actually oh. well, after this after this weekend it could be for sonoda no yuki's got the love of that team doesn't he he's, he's it, you got say the that human element you say that. i reckon um i reckon if lance Stroll were to really fall off in form i reckon that honda would really lobby for sonoda in that car if Awasa didn't become available, because I think Awasa is another one twenty twenty six, who you could say Japanese driver could be in the shout of an F one seat. Who do we think will be at Alpha Tauri next season? Should we go around two two drivers off the top of your head? I think it all depends on super license points. Um, you know, does it does Halga or um I think it could Hal- be Lawson I think it could be Lawson and Awasa, which I'm really excited about. What Lawson? Yeah, I think yeah, Lawson's another shout. Actually, I forgot about Lawson. Lawson, Awasa, Awasa. Lawson. Depends where Yuki is. If Yuki's still there, Yuki. If Yuki is, wants to have the seat there next season, I think Yuki's got a seat there next I season. I think you. I think Yuki's in Perez this season. No, no, Perez has got another year on that deal. Oh, live breaking news on the podcast from our. It's just Roman gone up live <laughs> three minutes ago. Oh, what's happened here? The updated list of the. Uh, Austrian Grand Prix and the penalties. Okay, oh. hold on, hold on, hold on. Where, Do where, we take what, a break and then what source? What FIA? I, I, FIA. The FIA. The, FIA talk, website, Reese. FIA website. Okay, boys, let's get this up. Oh no, Carlos has definitely been dumped. <laughs> Don't do this too. Don't you? No. <laughs> FIA. Was it FIA.com? Yeah, yeah. FIA.com. I'll tell you what. Oh. Um, I'll send you the link to, to, to save you having a stroke. <laughs> save me having a stroke, mate. Oh, oh no. so slow today. This oh. is when we find out nothing's actually changed and he's having us all on. Reese, what are you doing? You're I'm trying to get it. I've got it on the iPad next to. Right, I'm opening Daniel's link. I'm expecting to get Rick Rolls here. <laughs> you're hoping, you're hoping you get Rick Rolls. All I'm doing is sharing the uh, oh, post PDF. that Dave just put up, leaving the chat multiple time infringements PDF that the FIA I, put out. I'm just going to say, I got really confused oh. and excited at one moment because all I saw was number one signs, number two, Hamilton, number three, Gaza. I was like, oh, get in. I was like, oh, hang on, no, this isn't right. No, so is this the list of 10 second penalties after the race? Five and 10 second penalties. Oh, my God. <laughs> Shall, shall we shall we read? Reese got uh, so yeah, these are additional pairs. So signs ten seconds, Hamilton ten seconds, Gasly ten seconds, Albon ten seconds, Ocon five ten. Five ten. Oh my goodness. Ocon has got thirty <laughs> seconds worth of penalties. <laughs> Logan Sargent got ten. Nick DeVries has got another fifteen seconds, and Sonoda got another five. So, okay, Danny, in answer to your question, it goes 510510. 10, 5, 10. Uh, my oh, God. Goodness me. Norris well, and Alonso move up. I'd, um, hang on. Let's get yeah, the, um, let's get the cat, let's get this up. All right, I'm going to do some live working out here. Uh, first of all, I'm going to say it's bullshit. It's bullshit. It's fucking bullshit. Once again, Science has been robbed like he was in Abu Dhabi <laughs> 2021. <laughs> Um, and I still, I will Stop believe bringing that. bringing up 2021. Hey, look, I'm, <laughs> hey, I will always bring up, that was Science's first race win. I don't care what it was. It was, says. it was Science's first race win, Rob. Um, so, Science will drop down 10 seconds, which puts him behind Alonso. Mm. Hamilton will drop down, uh, hang on. Russell. Science goes down, so your race order, Verstappen, Leclerc, Perez, Norris, Alonso, Signs. Uh, then Hamilton got another ten seconds, which puts him behind Russell. Down behind Russell. So Russell, Hamilton, Gasly, Stroll. Stroll. That's your top ten. Then Albon got ten seconds. So that I don't know if what different. No, Albon will stay eleventh because of the plus one lap. Then it gets really confusing though. Wait, that, you forgot uh, Gasly's uh, penalty. Gasly gets penalised. No, gets Gasly, didn't get, Gasly didn't get. Gasly didn't get penalty. Yeah. Yes, he did. Oh, yeah, oh he did. Oh, yeah, Gasly got 10. Uh, so, Gasly goes behind 
Stroll. Go behind. Oh, Stroll. So yeah, so yeah, it goes Russell, Hamilton, Stroll, Gasly, yeah. Ocon. No. And, oh, really? oh, I don't, oh no. Well, Ocon and Sarge. No, Ocon's Ocon got won't. 30 seconds. So Ocon yeah. Albon, Albon has a 10. Albon has a 10. Albon has 10, but he's a lap. He finished a lap ahead, so I don't know how so that's going to work out. Sergeant is 11. Does Sergeant get a point? No, no Sergeant won't. No, because he he's, he's oh. a, he finished a lap down. A lap down, didn't he? On the track, even though Sergeant's a lap down, because because a 10 second penalty will put Albon a lap down. Because a minute and 15 second lap in a race car. But Albon's 11th. Yeah, but you've got. How do I find the finished outside of the points? How do I find the F1 result without you know the plus one lap? I want to see how many seconds behind. Don't worry, don't worry. We got the top ten because we know that Albon's penalty would not take him out of the top ten. Yeah, so so I think that's our top ten. What you just listed. So yeah, to yeah. So Sergeant's best finish. Talking about Sergeant earlier. No, yeah. Sergeant, Sergeant was still, yeah. I think it depends how close Joe was. Um, whether he finishes, if whether it goes, Albon. Oh, oh, because he got a penalty too. Yeah. Logan got a penalty. Oh my bad. Yeah. So Joe finishes eleven. Joe might finish. I don't know because it depends how close Albon and Joe were, <laughs> which we can't tell. I oh, don't. No, sorry, how, depends how close um, Sergeant and Joe were. Of course, oh. DeVries as well. Bottas. Piastri, uh, you know, the odds are that Magnussen didn't finish last, but I can't tell, you know, what the actual classification was. Um, if we go, oh, man, this is so confusing. Uh, FIA. <laughs> Have we got any opinions on this? Because I feel like this is fully valid. If they've gone through every lap and seen every single lap, then this is, yeah. and this is what they've come up with. So well, I think this is correct. The FIA they, has also said that they haven't been able to review every instance of track violations. Well, they've just Grace, issued um, 83 deleted laps. Oh, oh, ha, 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 ha. I've got it. Laps. I've got it. Okay. So, Alex Albon remains 11th. Wow. Uh, Ocon will be on a total lap time of 1 hour 26 um, 15, which puts him behind Zhou Guan Yu just ahead of Valtteri uh, behind Zhou Guan Yu and Logan Sargent so it will go out Al- it goes Albon Zhou Sargent Ocon Bottas De Vries Piastri and then Ma- Magnussen Sonoda Hulkenberg what a mess so to give you a full race classification Max Verstappen wins from Charles Leclerc, Sergio Perez, Lando Norris, Fernando Alonso, Carlos Sainz, George Russell, Lewis Hamilton, Lance Stroll, Pierre Gasly, Alex Albon, Joe Guanyu, Logan Sargent remains 13th. Then it's Esteban Ocon, Valtteri Bottas, Nick De Vries is behind or ahead of Oscar. How many, how many penalties does De Vries get? Man, this is such a mess. Uh, De Vries got 15 seconds, so then it will actually mean that is... They're all in Canada. Piastri ahead of De Vries. Then it's... Yeah, then, yes, De Vries, Magnuson, Sonoda last. My <laughs> gosh, what a mess that is. You know what, You know what, lads? I know we were talking about, you know, how was the best way of doing this. Tim, fuck the motorbikes, sticks and gravel in. Well done, well done, well done, Aston Martin for getting us the right, correct race result, and well done their drivers for not acquiring any penalties. I don't even know if that's correct. The thing is, they'll probably go, oh shit, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong. No, well done, Aston Martin. They, yeah, well done, Aston Martin. Clearly, they yeah, clearly yeah. spotted that the FIA were not doing this correctly, and the Aston Martin has done their job for them. Damn it, where were Aston Martin in 2021? Um, <laughs> <laughs> why couldn't you be... Why do you have to be shit back then? You know? What, what, why? They were scrambling through their uh, car design ideas back then. Trying to copy Mercedes or Red Bull. I just remember when um, someone said that Aston Martin Vettel was going to win the championship that year in the Aston Martin. Does anyone remember oh. which member of the pod said that? I remember someone might have said that. <laughs> who, who, who was it, Dan? Might have been me. 
Yeah. So I remember how t- Tim sent me a message um, on Facebook as soon as the car drove going, Virtual Ocean Tunnels, Virtual Ocean Tunnels, that's going to be the car that wins the championship. I was like, Tim, I think you might be a bit excited here. Um, anyway, we're going to have to wrap it up because finally we figured out the the order of this race. Um, so congratulations, Mac Verstappen, on winning again. It's hardly a surprise, um, but well done not getting any time penalties. That's the real achievement. Um Ferrari, well, of course, we've learned once again you're completely useless. And Aston Martin, we've learned you're not. Um, so until <laughs> until next time, if you've enjoyed what you've listened to, check out the link in the bio of the podcast, all our socials, all our chats. Thank you very much for listening. Cheerio, guys. Bye, guys. See you. <laughs> See you later, guys. <laughs>